coming up on Shop Talk. They're a business partner. Mm -hmm. They're not just, you know, just tax advice, right? They're going to know you and your family and your business. And um, they're going to hopefully give you an end-to-end service and and, and not just tax, but a full picture of the landscape out there from a finance perspective. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego. And I'm Rick Steffen. And this is the April 2022 edition of Shop Talk with Moneris. Welcome to Shop Talk, Rick. Thank you very much, Al. It's good to be here. Although I'm not sure why you asked me to be the co-host. Well, why wouldn't I ask? You're the director of digital channels at Moneris, not to mention my boss. And this podcast's number one fan. Oh. But I'll remember this during performance review time. Well, then this better be the best episode yet. That's the spirit. Hey, Rick, you know what my favorite day of the year is? Your birthday? No, yuck. Mm, Christmas. No, who's got that kind of money? I give up. What's your favorite day of the year? Uh, The day after I file my tax return. Really? Yeah. I mean, then you don't have to worry about it for another year. Oh, well, I guess that was a good day. Was? What do you mean was? You've already filed? Of course. Haven't you? So you're an early bird. And you wait until the last minute? I do. That sounds extremely stressful. It is. Hence the following day being my favorite day of the year. I wonder where the majority of Canadians fall on the tax filing scale. You mean early birds versus procrastinators? I prefer the term crammer. (laughs) That type of analysis sounds like a job for Sean McCormick. It does. I think I'll ask him in the buy the numbers segment. So I take it this month's theme is tax season. How'd you guess? Call it a hunch. I mean, taxes aren't always the most exciting things to talk about, though. So what's on tap to help out our listeners? Well, I've got Moneris' tax manager, Hannah Gadbin, as the feature interview to talk about all things income tax, a very important topic for all businesses. Makes sense. I also speak with Clyde Seymour from Ryan ULC uh, for our Ask the Expert segment. They certainly qualify as experts. And speaking of which, while Clyde is certainly a tax expert, we here at Moneris are not. So you know what time it is? Disclaimer time. This podcast is provided on a complimentary basis for information purposes only. Facts and circumstances may vary from case to case, so you should definitely conduct an independent analysis and consult with qualified tax professionals before taking any action in your particular situation. Good call. Our friends in legal will be very happy. Now, let's get things going with my feature interview with Hannah Gadbin. Featured interview. I'm joined by Hannah Gadbin. She's a tax manager at Moneris. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Pleasure. So Hannah, before we begin, there was a disclaimer at the top of this podcast. Uh, You know, Moneris isn't a tax firm, so we're not here to give advice. Our advice would be to obviously seek tax advice from professionals, correct? Yeah. Tax is always a gray area. Yes. So you definitely would want to seek professional qualified tax advice um, for your particular situation because it really depends case by case. That's right. But uh, I mean, it is tax season, especially, you know, personal income tax season is coming up. Uh, First of all, uh, uh, maybe you can tell us which side of the fence you're on. Are you an early filer or are you a crammer like me? I'm not super early, (laughs) but I'm not April 30th. No, so you're right down the middle. Okay, well, that's that's good. Once April 1st comes around, it's usually triggers me to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. Once April hits, uh, we get a little antsy. Uh, We'll find out how the rest of Canadians uh, do it later on in the by the numbers segment. So let's talk about personal income tax. I mean, first of all, when's the deadline? The deadline for personal tax returns is April 30th. Right. And so if you're a a sole proprietor, Mm -hmm. so you have a business um, that's not incorporated, um, you're going to need to report your, your business income and expenses 
on your personal income tax return. Right. And like I said, the the amount owing is going to be due April 30th. Right. But since you're a self-employed individual, your your return isn't really technically due until June 15th. But most people just file and pay and, right. and do all of that as of April 30th deadline. Now, years ago, I was a contractor and so I was a sole proprietor. And I remember that because of you had to file your own. I mean, I had help. I, I obviously I sought a, a professional to, to help me with my taxes. But the whole, you know, having to pay installments ahead of time was was something that I had a hard time with. But that's something when, as a sole proprietor, you have to do right. You, you don't pay all your taxes at the end of the year. You pay them throughout the year. Yeah, depending on how much you owe, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, CRA kind of wants you to make installments along the way as opposed to waiting till the till the end when you're filing your tax return. So um, they usually notify you of of how much your installments need to be made. It's typically quarterly um, and it's and it's usually based on prior year's income. Right. So if you're if it's your first year, you're, you're not going to have installments. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after you may. Yeah. Um, so like I said, CRA will notify you and, and tell you um, that you need to make quarterly installments and it would be based on the, your prior year's income because you don't know what, you know, your sure. your net income is going to be for the current year. And as a sole proprietorship, I, I knew other contractors and other sole proprietors who eventually incorporated because there were some uh, advantages to doing that. What are some of the differences between the two, sole proprietorship and incorporation? So the corporation would have its own uh, deadlines right. separate from you uh, as an individual. So depending, again, what your fiscal year in is, the tax return for a corporation is six months after. Mm-hmm. So let's say you do have a December 31st year end, it would be due June 30th of the following year. And then kind of similar to any tax owing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the corporation is typically due two or three months after your end. So February or March. Right. And typically if you're a small business, um, what's called a Canadian controlled private corporation, like mm-hmm. a, a small owner managed business, uh, you usually have three months right. to, to make sure you have your final payment in. But talking about incorporating whether you should or shouldn't, let's say if you're, you are a sole proprietor, right. that's really uh, something that you need to seek tax advice on sure. um, because uh, a tax advisor could determine if or when mm-hmm. um, it makes sense. So typically as your business is growing, that would be something that you could look into at some point and, and they can talk to you about the advantages and disadvantages of incorporating, you know, kind of what the corporate tax rates are because mm-hmm. they are different than personal. And, you know, they can maybe do some tax planning for you uh, when you have a corporation such as, you know, what what's the right mix of salary and dividends, right? right. Would you pull out a salary? Would you pull out a dividend from the corporation to pay yourself? Would right. it be a mix of both? Those types of things. So does that mean you file two tax returns in a corporate and a personal every year? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could be an employee mm-hmm. um, and then you it would, it, if you're getting a salary, it would, the corporation would issue you a T4. Right, right, right. Um, some people just stay as shareholders and just receive a dividend. Oh, and, I see. and so you wouldn't have a T4 per se, but, mm-hmm. but yes, you would have your own personal tax return filing for April 30th and the corporation, it, the corporation is like a separate legal entity. Yeah. So um, you kind of have to see it as its own person. Sure. Um, I mean, we talk about, you know, seeking a tax professional's advice. We just talked about one of the reasons helping you decide whether you, you're a sole proprietorship or whether it makes sense to incorporate. What are some of the other things that, that a professional would help you with? Um, yeah, so they can also help you with just determining what you can deduct as expenses sure. for the business. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of things that can be expensed, mm-hmm. um, but you, you need to know kind of where there might be any restrictions or limitations. So, you know, uh, in most cases you can deduct 
supplies and right. office expenses. Um, but you could also deduct, you know, travel as long as it's not, let's say, meals and entertainment. Right. So meals and entertainment, there's a limitation for from a tax perspective, you can only deduct 50 percent of mm-hmm. those costs. And I mean, another bonus to having a, a tax advisor is they're usually on top of the different, you know, grants and credits that you can take advantage of. Right. So what are some of the grants, yeah. for example, maybe a small business might want to look at? Yeah. So um, there's there's a lot out there and, and sometimes they're not well known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a tax advisor could help you identify which ones you and your, or your business could qualify for. Right. I guess given the COVID-19 pandemic, there was quite a bit out there that's kind of winding down a little bit. But there's still you could qualify for some of the new federal wage or rent subsidies. Mm-hmm. They're focusing on, um, you know, the hardest hit type industries. So right. depending on, on what your business is, you, you could still qualify for those new ones that the federal government is is offering. Um, and there's also like a what's called a Canadian recovery hiring program. And so you may be eligible to apply for a subsidy and that would cover, you know, your wages as you hire new employees or as you increase your employees' wages or hours. Mm-hmm. Another one that uh, I recently just came across is um, a new grant for online presence and mm-hmm. adopting uh, a new digital technologies. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's called the Canadian Digital Adoption Program. Um, so you can find that on on the Canadian government website. And it, it's to help businesses to get online. Some businesses aren't. Right. right yeah. uh, I think we take it for granted. But yeah. uh, so you could get up to twenty four hundred dollars in grant. And if you're looking to boost your business operations, kind of like digitize it, yeah. you can get up to anywhere's up to fifteen thousand. So wow. there's uh, money out there to look into and, yeah. and see if you qualify or not. So what I'm hearing is uh, a good tax advisor is actually uh, an important part of a small business you know, growing. <laughs> yeah, they're. They're a business partner. Mm -hmm. They're not just, you know, just tax advice, right? They're going to know you and your family and your business, and um, they're going to hopefully give you an end-to-end service and and, and not just tax, but a full picture of the landscape out there from a finance perspective. That's great. Now, it's probably also important to know, I mean, a tax advisor isn't just for a small business. I mean, Moneris has tax advisors. We have many firms that we go to, and one of them we're going to hear from a little later in our Ask an Expert segment from Ryan ULC uh, is one of our tax advisors. Yeah. So we use, like you said, many accounting firms or tax mm-hmm. firms for different variety of, of reasons. And uh, Ryan is is one of those uh, those tax advisors or, or firms that we, we reach out to sometimes. Okay. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for taking time to speak to me today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by Moneris. Today has shown us tomorrow has changed. Changed how we'll live, work, and do business. Because now we're more open to what's possible. Open to contactless payments, online bookings, curbside pickups, and more. Open your business to more opportunity with solutions to help you succeed online, in-store, or on the go. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com today. By the numbers. I'm joined by Sean McCormick, Director of Business Development at Moneris. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, my pleasure, Al. Thanks for having me. So, Sean, it's uh, tax season, and the hot question I'm asking everyone in this episode is what side of the coin do you land on? Are you an early filer or are you a crammer like me? 
Right. Well, I haven't got mine done yet. Um, I think as a data guy, I'd have to understand the market a little bit deeper to answer that question and understand what the rest of the population is doing, which I don't. But I can tell you what the trends look like Mm -hmm. um, year over year. And let's walk back a little bit. And and pre-pandemic, we saw in 2019, we actually saw people getting to their taxes a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the pandemic hit in, in March and what happened is in, in response to that, the government, as you may remember, mm-hmm. extended the filing deadline to June 1st. Right. So people definitely took advantage of that. We can see a, a 25% year over year volume drop in March of 2020 and a 60% year over year volume drop in April of that's, 2020. That's so a people, big drop, yeah. people took that vine and they ran with it. Mm-hmm. Then what happened the following year in 2021 is... People weren't, I think people might have thought that or were anticipating that the government was going to extend that deadline again, because mm-hmm. what we see in black and white is is a surge in uh, transaction volume for tax preparation services in the month of April. So remember, yeah. the deadline is April 30th. Yeah. And in April of 2021, tax preparation service spend was up 116% over one year prior. So people were putting it off, putting it off. And then, at the you know, come April, 30 days from the deadline, mm-hmm. thought, oh, man, we're not going to get that extension, called their accountant and, um, and then got it done. Now, we're just at the beginning of April now. What does this year kind of look like? Does it look like the same trend? Yeah, it's interesting where, I mean, tax preparation service volume is off from Mm -hmm. January to March, about 13% off of last year. So I think, and I can only look at at people around me, and I don't know if you're the same way, but I see people getting busier and busier Mm -hmm. and busier as the economy is ramping up. People are taking vacations again. I just got back a couple of weeks. I was out west doing some skiing with my family. A lot of my friends are taking holidays. So I think what's happening Maybe, you know, to explain the 13% drop in the first couple of months of, of this year is or the first few months of this year is people aren't necessarily putting off their tax filings, but they just have more stuff to do. Right. Um, so I would think over the next, you know, six weeks, you're going to see m- maybe another year over year bump as, as people weren't putting it off in anticipation of a deadline extension, but putting it off because they had more exciting things to do. Maybe. You mean there are things more exciting than doing your taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask. An accountant might tell you that it's the best thing that ever happened. Now, now wanna... he's making money off it. Remember? And I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. What's your guess on the average transaction size for a tax filing? So basically hmm. the average spend for an account right. on, a, on a tax filing. Well, I mean, I've, I've been doing mine online for a while now, but I'm going to guess just looking back when I was going to an accountant, I'd say I was probably, you know, paying a hundred to $115 per preparation. Right. It's a bit higher than that. Really? It's actually $189.82. So just wow. under 200 bucks. That's, it's a lot. It yeah. all depends if they're getting your money back though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean, for uh, taking time today. My pleasure. Ask an expert. I'm joined today by Clyde Seymour. He's the principal of international income tax for Ryan. Clyde, thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me. Before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about what uh, Ryan does? 
Ryan is a tax specialty firm. All that we do is tax. Mm-hmm. And on a global basis, our, our offices are located in Canada, the United States, the Europe and Asia Pacific. And we specialize in areas of compliance, of planning, and then also of recovery. Our overall uh, mantra is that uh, we certainly seek our clients to pay the least amount of tax mm-hmm. with the proper planning and guidance that our firm provides. That's great. Well, then you're the perfect guest to have on as an expert today. Uh, Before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the tax, I've been asking all of the other guests on today's episode for filing income tax. Would you be an early bird or do you wait until the last minute to file? Well, you know what? I'll answer that question honestly. I'm an early bird with Mm -hmm. everybody that comes to me to do their personal returns. And I'm last minute on my own return. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's the truth. The housekeeper's house is always the messiest, isn't it? That's exactly it. (laughs) Very nice. So let's talk about filing. I mean, the deadline for personal income tax is at the end of April. That is correct. Uh, When I spoke to uh, my colleague, Hannah, we talked a little bit about the difference between individuals, sole proprietor and and incorporation. Uh, You know, years ago, I used to have a sole proprietorship. So I'm a little familiar with what the differences are. But can you maybe explain a little bit more those differences? Certainly. So under under either case, whether you're a sole proprietor, so an individual, Mm -hmm. or whether you're incorporated, you're running a business. All right. So, you know, to the extent that you are running that business, there's going to be some commonality between those two forms of business. And specifically, if you have employees, you're going to have payroll to manage. If you've exceeded a certain threshold, let's say 30,000 in sales, well, then you're going to have federal GST and or HST to deal with, irrespective of whether or not you're a sole proprietor or whether you are incorporated. Where the difference then starts to come into play is on the actual income tax side or corporate tax if you're incorporated. If you incorporate on the corporate tax side, then you could certainly enjoy what's known as the small business deduction on the first 500,000 of income. And effectively, you could be paying a rate around, let's say, 12% in the province of, of Ontario, give or take, versus having uh, not having that small business deduction and paying potentially 26%, give or take, in the province of uh, Ontario in a corporation. Whereas if you earn the income personally through a sole proprietor, then you're going to be subject to your actual graduated rates. So depending on how much money right. you make at the end of the day, I mean, that could be as high as potentially 53%. Right. All right? Uh, so certainly something to ponder in regards to use of a corporation versus you know, a sole proprietorship. Other aspects too then is use of losses. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might think, oh my goodness, I better go out and get myself incorporated. Well, maybe you'll be in a situation where you're anticipating losses in your business for a while. Maybe it's better to be a sole proprietor and use those losses against other income you might have. You know, so there's, there's different considerations depending on the life cycle of your business and where you are. But at the end of the day, there certainly can be an advantage, at least initially, where you qualify for a small business deduction uh, to have an incorporated structure. So, I mean, once I've completed my file, how long do I have to pay that amount? It's important as part of your compliance calendar to map out what you owe and when you owe it, right? Because to the extent that you've been collecting monies, let's say for sales tax, and let's just use a simple example, let's say you're an annual filer. Well, you may be invoicing, you know, every week during a year, you're collecting that, you know, sales tax GST or HST, and now you have a balloon payment at the end of the year. So you got to make sure you got that cash to make the payment. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly important to map out your cash flow, understand 
what you have to file and when and make sure that you have enough cash for those installments because it's not necessarily always just an annual obligation. What sort of records do you recommend people keep for their taxes? Well, in summary format, it is going to be important that you know you maintain certain levels of accounting records, a balance sheet, an income statement, mm-hmm. something that otherwise consolidates all these bits and pieces of paper that you have for your business so you can make sure that they're properly reflected on your corporate return, you know, on your sales tax returns, whatever the case may be. Now, obviously, those those financial statements, as we call them, the balance sheet and the income statement, well, that's based on, you know, these receipts that you keep, right? Um, and it's important to keep those receipts because there's a period of statute that differs depending on the type of tax that we're dealing with, but that the government will require to the extent that they audit you. And if you do not maintain those records as backup, to what you've reported, then you could certainly face the unpleasant situation that an auditor may deny, you know, a certain, let's say, expense that you have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where you have either an accounting system or an accountant that otherwise can assist you, you know, it is important to to set a course in terms of how you maintain your books and records, right? And generally, in general cases, we advise clients to maintain those books and records for a period of four to seven years. Mm -hmm. That may otherwise exceed certain periods of statute, but sometimes you you come into situations where maybe you've amended a tax return, you know, or something else has occurred that has resulted in an extension to your period of statute. I think if, if we're going to take one thing away from this episode today, the best thing you can probably do for your business is have a tax advisor to help you with this. Obviously, I, I mm-hmm. self-serving in my case, but <laughs> I, I certainly agree with that comment. Yes. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. Before I let you go, you want to just uh, let us know where we can find out more about Ryan and your services? Yes, yeah, certainly. Thanks, Al. And, you know, our website is accessible to all. It's www.ryan.com. And from there, you can access the Canadian website which has our contact information and uh, you know we're certainly here to help for those that need it in terms of that proper structuring and planning and minimizing the level of tax that you pay thank you so much for your time today clyde thank you save the day Joined today by Ella Urquhart. She's a senior communication specialist for our events and ESG team. Thank you for joining me today, Ella. Thanks for having me, Al. So uh, what uh, events does your team have in store for us this month? Well, first, the E-Commerce North Innovator Challenge will be kicking off on April 5th. And that is a six-week program for early-stage Canadian direct-to-consumer and marketplace e-commerce founders with a socially conscious product or service looking to learn and experiment with marketing campaigns to fuel growth. Oh, very cool. How many companies are participating? There will be 30 participating companies, and 10 of those companies will have the opportunity to pitch for $5,000 at the finals on May 12th. Uh, What else do you have? We have... The Payments Canada Summit, our own Paramita Sen, who is our Director of Data Science and Development, will be speaking on April 27th, and she'll be speaking to solving staycation spend, identifying domestic tourism through AI and payments. That'll be an interesting uh, presentation. So if I wanted to register for that, where would I get more information? You can register at thesummit.ca. Very good. Uh, Anything else for uh, April? 
Uh, wrapping up the month, we'll have National Volunteer Week, which takes place April 24th to 30th. So keep an eye on our social channels. We'll be highlighting some of the volunteer work our employees do, and we'll be shouting out our national charity partners. So to recap, we have the E-Commerce North Innovator Challenge, and that kicks off on April 5th, uh, and the finals are on May 12th. Check out ecommercenorth.ca for details on that. We have the Payments Canada Summit, and our own Paramita Sen will be speaking on April 27th. And to register for that, you go to thesummit.ca. And then we have National Volunteer Week. And to follow that, you should follow Moneris' social channels. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ella. Thanks for having me on. that's all we have for this month. I hope you found this episode informative. Before we sign off, I'd like to let everyone know that season two of Yes, We Are Open podcast drops this month. Every Monday for eight weeks, I bring you the story of a different small Canadian business. I tell their origin story, the story of their greatest struggle, and how they overcame that struggle. Here's a little teaser for season two. Coming up on season two of the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Eight new Canadian businesses with eight new stories of perseverance. Yes, we're open. Yes, we are open. Yes, we are open. Yes, we are open. Hell yeah, we're open. Subscribe now to Yes, We Are Open. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, we're open and we're not going anywhere. I love it. That's great. We're here to stay. Perfect. (laughs) If you haven't already, you can subscribe to this and our Yes, We Are Open podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to support the show, share this podcast with your network or review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have any payment related questions you'd like to submit to one of our experts, you can email us at podcast at Join us again next month for more expert insights and data to help you grow your business. Rick, thank you so much for co-hosting. Thank you for having me, Al. On behalf of Rick, myself and the rest of Moneris, thank you for listening to Shop Talk. Talk again in May.